Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. Today in the studio. Hi, this is James Fallows. And this is Deborah Fallows. I think there were two ideas behind this book. One of them is simply the joy of exploration. Before Deb and I began these travels around the country, we'd been living for a number of years in China, and there we had a bias in favor of just going whenever we could on trains or buses or horses or yaks or whatever to see remote things. We had the opportunity to do that in the U.S. because of our long background with a small airplane, so we thought, let's try it here. The other, as time went on, was to sort of want to grab people by the lapels and tell them what we'd seen because at just the time when most of the national narrative was, it's a giant disaster out there, everything is falling apart, we wanted to talk about all this life we were seeing in the middle of the country. We were probably in a complaining mood. We had just returned from China and we were saying, what is this about post-recession blues in the U.S., you know, from what we've seen going around? And one of our sons said to us, You guys should just do what you really love to do. You should get in that little airplane and fly around to all these cities in the U.S. and all these towns and see what's really going on. And it was like a light bulb going on at that moment when Tom, our son, said that. And we thought, 18 years of raising him, it all paid (laughs) off with a good idea. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be enlightening. Narrating my audiobook was a whole lot harder than I thought it was going to be. When I write, when anybody writes, you tend to put clauses or phrases embedded in the middle of your sentence. When you're talking with someone just normally in conversation, it's really easy to project that phrase with body language or using your hands. And when you're reading that kind of phrase to yourself, you have signals that there's something special going on inside that sentence. There are commas around it or maybe some dashes. As a narrator, it suddenly gets much more difficult because you're supposed to signal it somewhere, which you can't do with your body language, and you can't do by saying comma. It's just a whole lot more difficult and not normal. I found that hard. I realized I had trouble pronouncing one of my favorite words, which is breweries, the place where beer is made. I also had policy differences on how to say the word H-O-M-A-G-E, which I always say as homage, but for official purposes, we're saying homage. The piece of it that moved me most, and I, I wrote this book, was actually the part of it that I didn't write the words that came from the students at the high school in San Bernardino, at Cajon High School, in the AVID class, the kids who were being kind of groomed as those who would go to college first in their family, when those kids started talking about what that meant to them in their own words with their just genuine, straightforward teenage emotions and reflections, I was choked up and I could hardly read it. So it wasn't my words. It was their words that had me most moved by this book. (laughs) If I couldn't record this book myself, the person who I would love to have be me would be, of course, Harrison Ford. Partly because he's an avid pilot, partly because his original role in American graffiti is part of the America we're talking about, but mainly because he's Harrison Ford. 
if I didn't have Deb recording this, I'd want somebody who had the combination of sort of charm and vulnerability with unmistakable edge. And I'm nominating for that Jessica Chastain. Okay, Jim. I agree with you about Harrison Ford. I would also choose Harrison Ford, and it's partly because you kind of look like him. I love Harrison Ford, and I love you, so (laughs) it's a good deal. For me, I'm going to put a caveat on this. I would choose Meg Ryan, but I would choose a young Meg Ryan. I think of her character in Sleepless in Seattle. That reminds me somewhat of how this adventure was. There was a lot of uncertainty. There was a little bit of bravery. There was kind of a lot of wackiness and craziness. I'm a huge fan of audiobooks, and the last great one I listened to was An American Tragedy by Theodore Dreiser. It is, in my mind, the great American novel since every theme that matters in our nation's psychology and history comes together there. And it's written so awkwardly sentence by sentence, but so powerfully chapter by chapter that a good reader makes a huge difference, and I was glad to hear one. When I was a kid, I used to go to the library many summer mornings with one of my best friends. We would walk to the library from our houses across the bridge over the river, through the town, and end up in front of this big pink granite building. It was huge. It was a little bit scary, but it was also cool. It was a very old-fashioned library, no decor, no children's section, just a center hallway with stacks of books. So we'd walk straight ahead, turn right at about the second or third stack, which was where all the kids' books were. We discovered this shelf of books They were all bound in orange covers. Everyone looked identical, which I guess now was an indication of how often they'd been read. They'd been rebound. And my friend and I would pick out those books, sit down between those stacks for hours on the floor reading these orange books. We always chose books about women heroes, Amelia Earhart, Molly Pitcher, Clara Barton. One of the things that was funny about why that impressed me so much was I felt like I was going into this grown-up institution, doing a grown-up thing, all by ourselves as kids. There weren't many moments in life where you were allowed to kind of play grown-up, and in the library was one of them. That was a pretty boring-looking, severe library. The librarians were always shushing you up. You couldn't say anything. You had to be really quiet. And there were no children's sections like there are today that are colorful, bright, have lots of playthings, you know, cognitive development. It was this stern, no fun place to be. If I had the choice and I were a kid today, I'd go for the kid library today. But back then, the grown-up library was a pretty impressive place to be. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening.